Aging as a woman is complex. Typically, as we enter our 40s and into our 50s and 60s, our confidence and general contentment soars. But on the flip side, we struggle with physical changes that shouldn't detract from our contributions or worthiness to society, but often do. Case in point, Lisa Laflemme. At the peak of her career, trusted by Canadians for decades as an exemplary newscaster, she was dumped by Bell Media, apparently because she had the audacity to let her hair go grey. Then there's the lies we tell ourselves, that we're too old to change or we can't do something because we're over the hill. Finally, we can't forget the pressure we put on ourselves and others to stay young or look young, or the pressure we put on women to allow themselves to age naturally as if Botox was the enemy. The complexity of this issue prompted the following discussion with Jennifer John and Denise Chand from the Sacred Space Coaching on Aging. Jennifer and Denise, I could not be more thrilled with today's topic because I think it's incredibly timely considering everything that's been happening in the Canadian news space over the last couple of months. Uh, so today we are going to jump into discussing aging and all the hangups we have with it. Uh, so Denise, do you want to jump in and, and share your thoughts on this? Before we go into it, I just want, there's a quote that I um, saw by uh, David Bowie, and I just want to read it. It says, aging is an extraordinary process where you become the person you always should have been. I just welled, I just welled up. People can't see this, but I have tears in my eyes. That was just perfect because, oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, sorry. Keep going. Yeah, no, really, guys. Aging is an extraordinary process where you become the person you all you always should have been, David Bowie. And this is why I, I whether you know your your midlife, whatever it is, your past, your whether in your forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. We, my concept of this is that we should live agelessly. And what does it mean to be ageless? It's like becoming aware of your present moment. You're opening up to possibilities and opportunities and joys and of what life is and not be, not follow or fall into the lies of what media or not even just media, just people, whether it's your colleagues, uh, friends, family, whatever they, their people are saying about ageism and what happens. It's, it's so dear to me because I saw it happen with my mother in her career and even just like with myself, like just being in my 50s, I just hear what people say. It's like, oh, you're what? 50? You are, you are what? Oh, you look so good for your age. It's like, oh, like a comment like that truly is, uh, people don't realize, but again, it's based on what society um have taught us and what books we read what we open ourselves to but when we live agelessly we are living in a a place where we are now more we've gained wisdom we we've gained experience and we truly are beautiful which is sexy absolutely 
I agree. And, you know, it's it, to the David Bowie quote, I, I love that quote, but it reminds me of another, um, and I don't know who said it, so I can't give proper credit, but um, there's something, a quote that goes something like, you know, aging is a privilege denied to many. And when I find myself doing the, oh, look at the wrinkles and look at how old I'm getting and this is sagging, I, you know, I hate to say it because it's a little bit melancholy, but I think about all the people that I've lost over the years that have been part of my life or people I just knew uh, who never made it to this age and what a privilege it is to be at this age. And so it's always a good reminder to have that in your head, um, to be grateful, you know, because the reality is, uh, you know, we're on the right side of the soil, as my grandfather would say. So that we have to remo- we have to remember that we are on the right side of the soil, and I don't think we're going to change society. All we can do is really change how we react to aging, right? Exactly, and you know, I like what you just said. It's on this side of the soil. I find that I love that on this side now of life, on this side of the soil, wherever, however we want to look at it, it is a time to uh, exhale. Exactly. Like I found that I found that when I turned 50, it was like, I, it was a time I, I exhale, I exhale from the pressures of society, pressure of culture, your family, whatever it is. It's just that I no longer have to worry about, oh, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this by this age. I have to be like this. I have to have this success. I have to have this much money. I have to own this. I have to have this and all like, and everything. And it's, and I felt like as if I was like, constantly trying to keep up and running and running and the pressure, the internal pressure of, of everything. But when I finally hit her, it's like, <sighs> and there's a, there's a flip side that to that though, too, that I think Jennifer's going to go into next, because it's interesting that you say you let go of things. However, I, I see a lot of women use aging as a shield to not advance anymore, to stop to say, oh, I'm too old for that, or I'm, oh, that's past my due date, or I couldn't possibly anymore. And that ties in to what you, you two always talk about is self-sabotage. Would you agree with that, Jennifer? I do. And you're, you're so right, Candace, because for a lot of women, they get to that age or they're approaching the age of 50 and it's like a switch goes off and all of a sudden there are these new limitations. I can't do this and I can't do that because now I'm 50 and now And so now they're on the other side of this and they limit themselves. And it's these limitations that sort of feed into them sabotaging their their own happiness. It's like, who told you that you couldn't do these things? Who told you that, you know, you couldn't try something new? Who told you that, you know, if you didn't accomplish something, you know, when you're 30s or 40s, that there's no possible way you can accomplish it now? You know, Denise spoke about living agelessly and in living agelessly, there came this, 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 you know, exhalation of, of, of relief that, okay, now I can slow down. Now I can actually, you know, I made it and the world didn't fall apart because I got here. Right. And so my life is not over. I'm still breathing. I'm still living. You know, I, I still have dreams and desires and, and all of these things are still intact. And so for me, living agelessly is that freedom. You actually now have freedom to live life on your own terms. And so when you start to view, change the way you view aging, you realize you, you actually stop sabotaging your own happiness. 
you're saying these things and I'm nodding. And of course, you know, and I'm thinking of all of the things over the years, you know, are the, the, what's the word, like the tropes we fall into, uh, where we go, oh, like my bones are aching, I'm getting old, or, you know, I really, you know, like I, I see people, I mean, honest to God, I saw somebody the other day in their 30s say, oh, like I, my, I'm so sore, my muscles are so sore, this is what the 30s are like, and I laughed out loud, because <laughs> I think I you know, I get up. I'm I'm in my fifties now, and I get up, and I I feel okay. I do have some arthritis, you know, popping up, but I address it, and I don't sit there and say, "Oh, this is it. This is the end," um, because I'm in my fifties. And I was doing a, an interview the other day, and women in Canada are living to ninety on average. Look at that! Crazy. That's forty more years. <laughs> And so you give up now. Imagine. So now we, we hit 50 and we we view our life as, oh, it's done. It's over. Well, what happens to the next 40 years of your life? Yeah. What, are you going to sit down and just watch it go by because you've decided that now I can't do the things that I used to do or I can't do anything new or something more exciting or something that brings me greater peace or greater joy? You just actually give up on yourself and you put all these limitations on yourself and all these extra pressures on yourself where it's like you, you, you've chosen to live the latter part of your life this way because now it becomes a choice, right? Yeah. Well, because you think about what did you accomplish between zero and 40? <laughs> a lot. A lot. Right? Exactly. You did a lot. You, you, you know, you probably raised a family, you got married, you maybe got divorced, you had lots of hurdles, illness, all kinds of things. You lived a full and robust life from zero to 40. Now, what is stopping you from living a full and robust life from 50 to 90? And what can you do? Imagine, so when you live that life for those 40 years, now you have 40 years of experience, of knowledge, of wisdom. Imagine what you can accomplish in the next 40 if you only change the way you viewed the process of, your, of aging. Yeah, you know, we all, we, I, that, that's funny because you bring into my, I'm just thinking this out loud, so I don't know if it's going to make sense when I say it, but we often talk about time travel. Oh, if I could go back and do this, if I only knew then what I know now. Well, this is it. You now know. So use it. You, you have all that wisdom and now you've got 40 years laid out ahead of you. So use that wisdom to do, to live life on your terms, right? Exactly. And so what you choose, and as I said, it becomes a choice. What is it that you desire to do? And how can you use the experiences that you've had to better have a more satisfying and happier life for yourself? Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to, I think, I think because, you know, we have to address sort of the elephant in the room and that's Lisa Laflamme. That was really the tipping point, I think, for this conversation on aging and ageism, women in aging, letting your hair go gray, Botox, whatever. There is so much in this to discuss. So Denise, do you want to kick off your thoughts on Lisa? Of course. Um, Lisa's uh, story was, like you said, it's it, it, it shocked the world. I, I, well, and like all of North America, I'm sure it hit um, everywhere. But it, I was really shocked because Lisa was is in the media, has been in the media for over 35 years. So everyone seen her, and then suddenly for like, uh, uh, just outside of her achievements of her um, 
everything she's done, the coverage of uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, the Olympics, um, everything that she's done. And she was allegedly like let go for her appearance and not her performance. It, for us, like everyone that's looking at this, it puts that fear into people now looking at if, if this could happen to Lisa. What could, what is it, what is it doing to us now? Are we going to get let go of our jobs? Um, no matter, we have, people who are not even in the media, like what's going to happen? What does that do? And that story really, it does. It, it, it just, it, it takes your breath away. It was, it, it just puts that fear of, could this happen to me on my job? With Lisa LeFlem's case, you know, there's documentation that Michael Melling asked who let her hair go gray. And so it was very clear that this was about age. My concern is that this then now, you know, we can talk about living agelessly and being comfortable in your skin over a certain age, but there are women listening to this now and subconsciously, whether, you know, they're thinking it or not, they're probably going, I got to make sure that I keep my roots colored. I got to be making sure I'm fighting those wrinkles. I got to make sure I'm looking young, acting young, not making myself too, you know, out there because we don't, we, we risk perhaps losing our jobs uh, based on these things. And that is the message I think that we are absorbing seeing Lisa lose her job like that based on her appearance. That is hard. Uh, and I don't know how we solve that because that is, again, that's a, a societal thing. I agree with you. I agree. I, I totally agree with you because um, every day the world is bombarded with pictures of youth and um, beauty and it's rendering the two as being inseparable. And And it's true. How do you how do you change this? How do you change this? How do you do this? But going back to what we said earlier, the change begins within ourselves. Mm-hmm. It begins with us and it begins with um, how we ch- changing our perception and realizing that we're too young to, to, to feel old or be called old, whatever it is. And, um, you know, if you choose not to, you know, dye your hair and you have gray hair, that's you. It's beauty is beauty, you know, and, um, and again, it comes back with just the change begins with ourselves. And if we try to start changing ourselves, our perception on um, living agelessly and rejecting the status quo of what it is to be living midlife and sorry, hitting your midlife and whether you're 40, 50, 60, whatever it is, changing that and just showing the world that youth and beauty it, it, it spans across the board because we have a, we have a youthful mindset, how we carry yourself. Just because, just because you, you are hitting midlife, it does not mean it's a decline of life. It doesn't mean, okay, suddenly I'm going to take the back step and stop. They know it's a beginning. It's, it's an opportunity now to, to really understand and become and grow. And, and you have wisdom, you have experience, you have true richer beauty, not just outer, but internally you're richer in character and the wisdom you carry all that is equal sexy that's a true sexy as as women we need to stop judging other women uh if if a woman wants to dye her hair or not dye her hair 
let it go. If she wants to, you know, invest in expensive anti-wrinkle cream, who cares? Uh, we also have to stop doing the comparison. Uh, you know, oh, look how good she looks for 50 and how old she looks for 50. Uh, it's out of people's control if they want a genetic lottery and maybe look younger than their years or older than their years, perhaps. Uh, you know, these things shouldn't matter. And I think we have to do better as women in letting that go if we expect society to let it go. I totally agree with you. I do 100%. It's, it, it's, it's us as women stop judging. If you are somebody that do not believe in dyeing your hair and you don't want to wear makeup and you don't want to spend the, the money and whatever it is on cream, you should be able to have that freedom to do that and be you. And, but if you are somebody that wants to dye your hair, go ahead and dye your hair. It's, it, it's like, it, it's just stop judging. And it's that judging and the comments that are made and even the jokes about age, even like within your family, when they joke around and they make joke of your age, that is ages. Yeah, absolutely. And this is and this this feeling that we have is so closely tied to our self worth. You know, there's what there's something that both you and Denise were talking about is that stop judging yourself one and stop judging others. I think part of the our our self worth we tie it so heavily um, to other people, people's expectations of us. You know the relationships that we have, societal expectations. We tie our to our accomplishments. We tie our self worth to a lot of external things rather than looking inwardly and and um, you know embracing the fact that we are worthy on a very basic the most basic level we are worthy the fact that you were here you are worthy you are worthy to, to be alive you are worthy to love you are worthy to be loved you are worthy to you know to achieve and fulfill the, the things that you desire to fulfill and to live a happy and satisfied life and so once we start embracing, shifting from, you know, judging ourselves so harshly um, and having more compassion for ourselves, you know, you started earlier when you talked about gratitude, just basically taking a step back and being grateful for the very present moment that you have, what you have in your life, what's going on and, and being grateful for that. And that ties into the value that we attribute to ourselves because, you know, once we start looking at other people looking at at you know what society is showing us media looking at family and friends and whatnot we start to compare ourselves it's just natural we start to compare and then you can get lost in that comparison right because it can work against you and start to eat away at your sense of worthiness because i don't have what joanne may have or i'm not in the relationship that i think nancy is in and so we're looking from outside you know i i may not have the body that linda has and so and we start to compare ourselves and in doing that it's eating away our, our own sense of worthiness yeah self-worth is is interesting i think it's something we struggle with our entire lives if there was a gift i could give my daughters for instance it would be that uh you know that sense of self-worth you're you're worthy you're you, every moment you're here you're worthy matters uh and so i think with with age though you're you're right like it's uh, there's so much it's so it's such a complex topic we could talk for hours i'm sure but i think the biggest thing is is uh for me is that I've become 
a critic of myself as well in how I judge other women. And I, I try to stop myself from doing the comparison of somebody looks better than me, younger than me, right. or older than me, uh, and to let those judgments go and to look at what their value is as a person. What are they contributing? What are they doing? Those are the things that truly matter. And we can say this ad nauseum because it's that matters across the spectrum, no matter what age you are. But I think when we get to 50, we really start to understand how important that is to look beyond the surface and see what somebody's bringing to the table as an individual. Some of the smartest people I've met are these women who are, you know, in their 60s and 70s and just are so brilliant. The wisdom. Yeah, it's that wisdom. I got to keep coming back to it. It's that wisdom, right? I just, I love it. Um, and so I think that's also something. I, we talk about ageism and I've been ruminating on this a lot since Lisa LaFlemme was let go because I think, yes, they were saying, oh, it's her gray hair and her wrinkles. But I think there's also some fear mixed in there because we work in a system that is run by the patriarchy and i think there's a little bit of fear when women get to this age because we're not we're not as easily bullied or intimidated when we get to this age right. and so sometimes i think perhaps she was let go they said it was the hair color but maybe because she was intimidating you know people because of her wisdom and smarts you know that it's interesting that you said that because as you're right, with that experience, 35, as Denise mentioned earlier, 35 years of experience of working in the industry, of presenting on such a level of excellence. Um, you know, you truly have to commend for accomplishments um, in, in her career and that you have this person who is more self-assured, more confident, um, more knowledgeable. And so that can be viewed, as you say, there's a flip side to that, and that could be viewed as threatening to, to, to other people or the people around her. And so, you know, I'm sure that there are factors of that that may have played into why she may have been dismissed. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I mean, I just, I can only compare to what my confidence level, say, in my 30s com compared to now. And I, I think a lot of women develop this confidence over so many years. And so it is intimidating and scary when people see you come forth with that confidence. You are powerful and your wisdom probably is intimidating some people out there. And I don't think many women realize how powerful we are um, because again, of the experience and the exposure and what it does for us, it builds our confidence. It gives us that self-assurance. It builds resilience in us. And when you package, when that's packaged rightly, and you harness that power that's within you, that comes from that, um, it can be threatening. Yeah, and this is this is outside of aging or anything, yes. but I just can't help but say if you, you know, if if you look at what's happening in Iran right now, uh don't tell me women are not powerful. They are burning their hijabs on the street, they are protesting, they are, you know, they are creating a, a, almost a revolution in that country right now. So women are indeed very powerful. So we cannot uh we cannot dismiss that that one, right? Exactly. So let's talk about the inner critic then, because that, she's, again, she's such a bitch. She's always there saying, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you got wrinkles. So let's, <laughs> let's silence her. How do we do it? That voice that just says, 
Look at you. Look at your aging. Look, look at you. Look at your wrinkles. Look at your, your skin sagging. Look at the cellulite. Look at that, that hanging this or that. Look at the arm waving. You no longer can wave arm properly. Look at a little flap that's where everything, every possible thing. And we need to silence her. And, um, I actually heard this, uh, recently, um, that I don't know who, where it came from. So I can't give credit where it came from, but I heard about to w- what you do is find a picture of yourself when you were young, a picture that you like of yourself when you were a young little girl and take that picture and put it anywhere, whether it's sort of a mirror. So when that critical voice that, as you said, that bitch is trying to come there now and take you down and destroy you and keep you just down, um, look at that, that picture of that girl, you, your younger self. And when you're about to go say and these things, these negative things, look at her. Just look at that picture of yourself and go, that's who you're criticizing. That's who you're taking down with your words. And that when you're looking at the younger you, look at who you're actually criticizing and taking down. And when I heard that, when I heard that, I said, that is such a profound like, like thing to do is to go find a picture of yourself and, and just look. So when you're about to go destroy yourself through your words and your thoughts, you speak those words to yourself and, and you look at that young girl. Like really? That's who you're speaking to, which is you. And, um, so I, I, I think that's one thing that we should do is is we wouldn't go up to a little girl and and speak ill of her. It starts right that, and we have to remember these these um thoughts that we have about aging. That's exactly what they are. They are thought. They are stories that were created and came up through experiences, and they are just thoughts that came perhaps from reading, um, stories we were told, the media everything but we have to train our mind and this goes back to what we have been doing this this whole entire year with respect to um you know mind management and we have to learn how to train our mind and see things differently but unfortunately what happens when we do hit this this time in our life we um we settle even though we're dissatisfied we settle for how we feel, what we think about ourselves and all those self-defeating thoughts and those words that we're throwing at this little girl. That's ourself. We settle for it and we remain in this dark place. I love that about the picture, putting the picture in front of you. And you reminded me of something that, um, that I do routinely. And it's when I see a picture of myself now, for example. And I get critical. That critic comes out and goes, oh, look at the wrinkles or, you know, I got turkey arms or whatever, whatever that I'm saying to myself. I think about a time when I was uh, in my 20s with a girlfriend and we, this was when you had to get pictures developed at a store. And we went and we picked up these pictures we had developed from a trip we had to the beach. And we were in our bikinis and we looked at them. We were like, oh my God, hideous. And we ripped these pictures up and we had, and, and, I kept the little pieces. I don't know why I had them. And years, years later, I found them. I had them in a little envelope and I stitched them back together and I sent it to my girlfriend and I said, God, if we only had these bodies back. So when I see a picture of myself now, I think in 10 years, I'm going to look at that picture and go, damn, 
I looked good. I had everything. I had my health. I was happy. Why was I beating up on her? Right? And so I try to remember that at all times now because I think when you look back at your pictures now, you always think, I looked pretty good then. And so why not just shift that perspective into the here and now? I also did the same thing with myself. Well, I was going through and I found a picture of myself, I think when I was probably about six or seven. I don't remember like all the everything of with respect to taking that picture. But I remember my mom was getting us ready. Uh, my dad was away and she was going to send these pictures to him. And I remember I was asking her, mom, how is this okay if I smile this way? Is this okay if I smile this way? Which smile looks good? Should I show my teeth? I do remember that. Or do I just like, you just keep my mouth together or my lips together and, and not smile. And I can't remember what my mom said, but I look at that picture and I see this girl. And then when at times when I would get, try to like be harsh on myself, I'd look at her and I got emotional looking at myself because I got emotional. I'm like, wow, like here I am today and, and I'm, so harsh, you know, I'm being hard on myself, but it's actually being hard on you. And I'm pointing to the picture now. I'm, I'm pointing to you. But interestingly, you've been doing this your whole life. Think about that. When you were six or seven, you were sitting there going, am I smiling right? Am I doing that right? Here we are, how many years later, still, still asking those questions. That's such a heavy load to carry that we put on ourselves. Yeah. I do think with respect to silencing that inner critic is we do have to change our perceptions in how we change our mindset. We have to start now to live in joy. And it's where we are today, sit down and, and celebrate the moment where we are today. Not be so hard on ourselves and just, just actually recognizing our accomplishment, not our accomplishment measured against the world's accomplishment or somebody that we've seen on TV, but what have I accomplished? Look where I am today. And health-wise, yeah, okay, I may feel this way or that way, but I am pretty healthy. I'm healthy, I'm strong, I've accomplished a lot, and I've still got years to go. And now I'm entering this second journey with wisdom, experience, and a greater sense of beauty. And that's how we start, we start to start, start silencing that voice, the inner critic the bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, I laugh because because she is. And you're, we're only talking about our own our own inner critic, so we can call her whatever we want. Um, okay, so I guess we're going to wrap this up then and think about our mindset because that's that's the, I guess that's the tripwire, right? We get, we get caught up in our heads. So how do we create the mindset we need to enter this chapter of our lives confidently? You know, the first thing is obviously awareness, but with awareness comes embracing yourself, embracing where, you know, Denise spoke about taking stock of where you are right now in this very moment and embracing that, you know, um, all of your experiences, your accomplishments, embracing where you now stand and shifting out of the negative narrative that you've been saying to yourself for all this time, um, you actually are in a position where you have the power to make that shift. And so 
there are two thoughts that I believe that are so empowering. And one is that I have something to contribute of value is one. And the second, I can always learn something new. And if you embrace those two thoughts, and it, it will help you to start to shift out of the negative narrative that you've been saying to yourself. Um, and you can anchor yourself on that so that you can start to experience a happier and more satisfying life for yourself. Because truly, everything begins with a thought. It begins in the mind. And so if you are purposing yourself to think on things that will actually empower you, thoughts that, you know, build you up, you know, as as uh, Denise shared earlier, speaking to that younger self, and there are certain things you would never say to a child, right? Because you're so mindful of the fact that you're shaping who they are, you're shaping their mindset, you're shaping, you know, their sense of worth and their self-esteem. And so if you speak to yourself with that same compassion, that same, you know, awareness, then you're starting to build in yourself the self-worth that you need to have so that you can fully live this latter part of your life on the other side of the soil um, that would truly enable you to have a happier, happier life for yourself. And I think when once you begin to make those shifts and looking at living agelessly means you're free now. You have the ultimate freedom. You are no longer bound by pressures. You free yourself from people's opinions, um, not allowing yourself to compare yourself to other people because you're standing in your own power. And so and as you do that and as you, you move in that way, one, you won't get stuck. Two, you won't tend to sabotage your own happiness. And three, you actually are in a position where you start to live life on your own terms free of other people's expectations, free of even expectations you had of yourself that were not, you know, healthy for you or that would hold you back in your life. And so as you begin to do these things, you know, no change or transformation happens overnight. We know that. But we can build on them brick by brick with time and shifting the, the type of thoughts we start to entertain and the way we, we speak to ourselves um, so that we can actually move our lives forward to live religiously. And don't do that whole thing where, you know, like, again, don't sit there and go, oh, I'm too old to change. God, I hate that. I hate that. Ugh. I, You know? Too old to change. Exactly. You have to be free so that, no, I can, there's always, I can always learn something new. If you set yourself up in the positive rather than the negative, oh, I can't do that, as opposed to I can, you'd be amazed at what you can actually achieve because you've already, you've already, done half of the work you've already built yourself to be like no i can do this and now i'm going to take the actions the action steps to actually put that into into play so that it will happen for me how much how much do you think women get to this stage and and hold back because of perhaps regret you know disappointment in themselves brene brown talks about this a lot about shame about how shame holds us back and we all have it. we all have it uh I wonder how many women get to this stage and think, you know, I, I've made these mistakes in the past and beat themselves up for it. I think a lot of women do that. Um, and not just women, people in general, as they look back, um, there are moments in your life where you feel like, you know what, I could have done that better if only I made this decision rather than that decision. And so one of the things we have to do is literally let go of disappointment, let go of the weight of those disappointments, because it could really keep you stuck, really hold you back from experiencing what could be the best part of your life, 
right? No one says that, that the better part of your life begins, you know, from the time you're born to 50 and then that's it. It's done. It's over. You can, you're the better part of life could actually be waiting for you. And you have no idea because you are so focused on the disappointments and the mistakes. And, and you know what, this, this is a time where you can actually have that reset, the reset you've been waiting and desiring to have. You can have that if you're, if you're intentional enough to be like, you know what, I understand I made mistakes. I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to do things the way I used to do them. I'm changing. I'm going to shift and change to make things better for myself and literally experience something new, something better, something more refreshing for yourself. I hope that women are listening to this and, you know, and understanding, I guess, that this is such a gift to be on this side of of life. Um you know, and no matter what power or spirituality you may believe in, uh, just know that you know the energy you you absorb and 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 talk to yourself is the energy that you put out into the world. It all sort of goes around. I don't want to be too hippy dippy about it or you know anything like that because I don't want to scare people off. But I think you know the energy you you put out is what returns to you. So um, you know, I don't want to say think young. Because that sounds crazy. Think your age. <laughs> you're, you're, you know, you're, you're awesome at the age you're at, right? I totally agree with you. I think um, the best way to actually think about it is I'm, I'm much too young to feel old. I'm much too young to think old. I'm much too young to stop myself from doing things and experiencing things. I'm much too young to just give up and just remain and live in the status quo. Actually, that's how we live agelessly. I think Lisa LaFlem will likely never listen to this, but I think we need to give her a, a shout out for, you know, she was literally <laughs> why we had this conversation. Uh, right. She was the starting point for this conversation. Um, and someday we'll hear her story, I hope. I really hope we'll hear her side of the story. She's been a class act through this whole thing, uh, really um, carrying herself so well um, with all the public scrutiny and conversation around what it was and what happened. Um, and uh, But I do want to say, I think we're at a little bit of a tipping point when it comes to ageism because the blowback on her being fired was huge and it was swift. And uh, there's a bit of a reckoning happening, I think, at Bell uh, for that decision. So I think that's a yeah. good thing uh, that we're having this conversation. So I want people to be able to connect with you. You guys run a 21-day challenge in your Facebook space. You have yes. coaching services, but you talk about all these things about self-sabotage and aging and and getting over your hang-ups um, and helping people put the tools in place to move forward confidently. So where can they connect with you? They can definitely connect with us on our website at um, the-sacredspace.com. They can find the 21-day challenge where, you know, we we delve into how to stop the self-sabotage, how to live ageously um, on Facebook. And um, once they go there, they can find all our other um, links to get to us. So people uh, then, uh, you guys are on my show uh, every month. Uh, you've been since January. So all of those episodes are on podcast. And of course, we have two longer podcasts that people can also find. But it's all on what she said talk.com in case people are looking for these in all one place. Uh, so they don't have to go hunting. Uh, right. It's all on what she said talk.com. So 
Uh, Denise and Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today. I love this conversation. It was great. Thank you, Candice. It was a joy. Thanks for having us. It was great being on here. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. <laughs>